Hi, I'm Craig Collins, and this is the What the Warehouse Show. With me on the line is Christopher. He's from Feedmore in West New York. And Feedmore is one of those amazing organizations that help to feed people. I'm going to let Christopher tell you about it, but welcome, Christopher. Thank you for being here. I appreciate it, Craig, and nice to meet you. And hello, everyone out in the internet. Uh, basically, just uh, happy to be here. As Craig was mentioning, we're the company called Feedmore Western New York. And yes, we used to be called the Food Bank, and we have the division that also still provides the Meals on Wheels, where we actually make food deliveries to people in need. So uh, definitely a, a great cause, and I'm glad to be part of the team. And they've been doing it for a long time. I've only been here a month and a half. So uh, I'll do what I can to give everyone the most information that we can in the limited time I've been here. But uh, where else management systems, they had a little issue integrating NetSuite with uh, WMS called Warelinks. And right. that's where I came in. And we've been trying to work our way through it um, since that inception when I started in the beginning of January. So I'm not sure what you have question-wise, Craig, but I'm open to what you have for today. Excellent. Thanks, Chris. So, you know, what's fascinating is that we, as sort of the public out there, we understand the concept of these food banks and providing food, but one doesn't really think about the back-end infrastructure that's required to make all of this work. And, you know, being in the warehousing and distribution game, that's really what I want to talk about because people don't know that, is that you guys have got a massive warehouse. So to start with, let's just discuss where do you get the food from? Uh, what, what, how did the food get to you? Okay, from my understanding, they have different ways of actually acquiring the food. Some are actual donations that individuals give. They have like food drives. They give out barrels that they can fill with canned goods or grains or pasta or anything they might have in their pantries. And they also have grants they get from the federal government along with the state government. And they have a purchase program along with the donations. And they have some other interesting things they do. They've got a program that provides actual backpacks that they put together for schools so the children can take food home to the families. And uh, really, I mean, humbling when you see, you know, what they put together here. It's really an impressive operation. And no, the warehouse is not large. It's about 66,000 square feet. And, uh, you know, for what they do, they have a lot of inventory coming in and out of the building constantly. So, uh, again, interesting. Yeah. So, so again, one of the immediate things that come to mind in terms of complexity is that unlike a traditional company where one places a purchase order and you can validate what you're getting against the purchase order, you don't know what you're getting. Uh, if you get barrels coming in, you've got all sorts of things in there. Do you, do you have to classify and categorize it when it comes in? What they have is one item number that they use called assorted food, not sorted. And then right. that gets sorted out by volunteers and eventually it goes into the backpacks or it goes into uh, general circulation for other projects that they have going on. So uh, yes, we never know when something's gonna arrive. Someone might call and say, we've got a pallet of strawberries. Are you interested in taking them? The truck will show up, we'll look at them and decide whether it's something we're able to take care of or not. If we have space available in our freezer, which is small. And right. uh, well, we try not to turn any donations down. Let's put it that way. Sure, sure, sure. So yeah, so the complexity of receiving, unlike a normal warehouse system and a warehouse, you uh, you don't know what you're getting. So you use this assorted code, you bring it in, and then you've got a whole lot of people who are processing and sorting. So again, unlike a traditional warehouse where you have a picking slip and you just go and pick things, you guys have to go and sort this out into parcels that make sense for the people that are going to consume them. And yeah, so what they, yeah. sorry, I didn't interrupt Craig, but they also have 20 pound food boxes they put together and they estimate each item is about a pound. So they have, based on the nutrition, uh, 
professional that's here, they decide what they can put inside the 20 pound boxes. It might be three of a grain, a couple of a protein and some kind of snack or something. And they'll put these boxes together and they have another item code for that. So they're actually taking that assorted product and then distributing it as a 20 pound food box, for example. Yeah. Yeah. So I can imagine the complexity uh, of setting up a warehouse system, which is built for standard warehouses with standard picking slips and things like that. Now you've got processes that are non-standard and you're having to a customize them and figure out how to get these processes to work um so you know i i know i spend a lot of time doing that type of thing and it really um is tricky and especially in standard warehouse management systems so i'm sure that you're having fun with that yes we're having a lot of fun and they also have the expiration on the food so that puts another twist on everything you have to make sure that the food hasn't gone past a certain date in order to give it to someone to consume. So. Right. And yeah, and, and again, unlike normal food production where you've got sort of a one or two year expiry date, you guys have uh, people who are bringing you things because they are short dated already. And yes. So you really have to move to get that stuff turned around and out. And they actually have a program for that. It's called a push order where they'll put it onto our shopping list is what yeah. they classify it as. It makes it available and they put a high priority on those items that are getting closer to the expiration date. There's the sure. best buy date and then there's the actual expiration date. So right. yes, right. when they do have the short dates, they they push to get those things out to the agencies. And they yeah. do a really good job at it. They have about 335 agencies that we're dealing with. And I think it's an eight county area in Western New York here. And so right. really uh, elaborate planning. And again, it's all organization and your setup and your receiving obviously is part of that. So. So, uh, you know, again, uh, we, we love to think of these organizations and they're doing great work, but we don't realize how much effort goes into the back end to make it work. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm always blown away by it. Now, you say you deal with 335 agencies. Um, does that mean that you, you actually have these sort of picking orders and you are basically putting together stuff to send out to them as sort of almost sub-distributors and then they hand it out? Yes, they actually have sub um I'm sure that they, they call them agencies, but they could be a church and they'll put a sales order in and we'll pick it just like a regular order in the normal uh, right. retail environment, for example. And they also have a sub warehouse down about 60 miles from here. They send a bulk order to them and then they break it out into the individual orders for those agencies. Right, right. So um, uh, roughly how many orders do you have to pick in a day? Looks like 14 on a normal daily basis. And then the county orders, what the other one is called, is another 14 orders or so. And that goes out Mondays and Wednesdays. So right, right. Okay. during the week, we get double the orders. <laughs> yeah, and they're pretty large orders there. Yes, it uh, could be a truckload, up to 20 yeah. pallets and even more. Right, right, right. Do you do a lot of work around palletization? Do you, do you put this stuff together and then palletize it? Or are you shipping them in sort of like the 20-pound boxes? As they're, they're actually picking the 20 pound boxes and adding them to other product that we have, like they have canned corn, they have some canned goods that have longer shelf life. So we have those in our forward pick faces and some of that gets ordered through the shopping list and then they put the order together. To, they palletize as they pick. Right, right, right. Okay, yeah, very cool. So uh, let's just talk about um, uh, SKUs. Um, so uh, you, you say that you've got these sort of assorted codes. So that means that you probably don't have too many SKUs. Actually, there's probably 800, I think, is what I looked at the other day. I was doing a little research, 800 to 850, because they do have different size packaging. They have right. different quantities on the packs for the corn, for example. And uh, they do have quite a few SKUs on top of the assorted codes. 
Yeah. So again, you know, there's that misconception and misunderstanding. And I mean, I've been in warehousing for sort of 30 years and uh, that we we don't understand the scope of what you do. You know, I thought that maybe you're dealing with 100 SKUs and, and you're really talking about 800. Yeah. Yeah, there's quite a few. Um, yes. There's different yeah. pack sizes and things. So obviously you might have one item and it's got four different packs. So they get them from all different sources. There's different suppliers. And so different packaging, different size and uh, different volumes in the packages. So obviously they have different codes, even though it might be the same item. Sure, sure. Fantastic. Um, let's talk a little bit about the technology you're using. So you mentioned NetSuite and that you've got this thing. Are you using barcode scanners with that? Yes, they actually have Motorola units that they use to carry around like a cell phone, and then they'll they'll get the order on their gun. They call it a gun, and yeah. they will then go and pick their order, you know, line by line. Fantastic. Uh, so you know, again, the use of technology in these organizations is. Really, I, I did a lot of work for Operation Smile about oh goodness, almost fifteen years ago, and I remember packing up and having to use the scanner for um, putting a mission together. And yeah, one doesn't realize how complex you know this this is. Okay, um, sitting near a window and people are looking in. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, what about returns? I mean, obviously, or I would again, uh, I would imagine that you don't have returns uh, or customer returns. They have had issues with that. Um, we are in the process of letting the agencies know that whatever they order, we're going to send to them, they'll accept it. And then after the fact, we'll go back and try and work it back into some kind of return because right now we've got items that come back that are not labeled individually with our item numbers or our barcodes on them. So it's very difficult to then add it back into the inventory without writing it in or writing it off on the financial side. So right. working on processes to handle all that right now and trying to get the agencies just to accept the order as is, and then we'll make adjustments on the next order because they get only order every two weeks. So if they miss out on something, they won't be able to reorder for a couple of weeks. So we're trying to make it a smoother process. Understand, understand. And then just around your operation, what keeps you up at night? What keeps me up at night? Um, right now, the inventory is not in a good state. Um, Where on Links is the software that they're using and it has the individual license plate for every pallet. Yeah. So each pallet is assigned a license plate. When they first went live in August, I don't know who was in the warehouse trying to handle all the inbound, but they labeled everything. And I think they did it in numerical order. So the first LPN went into their pushback rack and that's the first one that the system was trying to pick. Yeah. So when yeah. the person went there, there's four pallets of product. They were taking the physically taking things off the first pallet, which was actually pallet number four. Right. Systematically right. and physically, they got off balance and the inventory is a challenge right now. That's one of the reasons why I'm here along with another gentleman trying to help them get the warehouse inventory back on track. Right, yeah. We're making yeah. progress. Yeah, oh, fantastic. Yeah, you know, those pushback racks um, are always a challenge for any WMS because you are working with license plates and the license plates are seen from an age point of view, especially if there's four sequential ones, um, that the oldest one might be two minutes older. But, right. and, and, you know, from a strict FIFO point of view, it the oldest one is the one at the back, unfortunately. Yes. So uh, I actually have a term that I, I use called lazy FIFO, um, which says, you know, as long as it's within sort of uh, a couple of hours of each other, you can take anyone. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah. the LPN challenge was more that the picker was not going to take four pallets out every time they picked their order. So of they course. decided just to say, yes, they're taking it off pallet number four, but stealing from pallet number one. And we're trying to balance all that now and uh, having some right. challenges. <laughs> 
and and just so that the viewers out there understand, you know, this license plate uh, or LPN as we call it, the reason for it is because you have to separate the inventory by expiry date and batch or lot, and you can't have that granularity if you just have the item code on the product. So you either have to combine item code plus location plus palette, or you use the serial number for a palette, and that gives you the um, the granularity that you need for a an expiry date and a lot number tracking system and to, to manage FIFO by palette. Yes, and they actually are using first expiry, first out, right? So right. it's done by a lot. And in the forward pick face, they're putting a specific lot and then the rest are in a reserve status so that they can't take them because the pricing might be different between yeah. those two lots. So once the lot's expired and we've used it, We've yeah. extinguished that lot. We'll go to the next lot and then take them out of reserve and put them into our live right. you know, right. inventory. So again, right. it's all based on the LPN, the license plate for the pallets. And I can understand people who haven't been familiar with that are kind of confused and they wind up doing things out of standard because they're just trying to get an order completed. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, you know, the concept of um, uh, FIFO versus FIFO um, with first expire, first out. Again, a lot of people don't think about it when they're thinking about warehouse, but you're dead right. Even though it's a newer palette, it might have an older expiry date. So you have to get that out yes. first. Um, and, and that's where technology comes into play. You know, it's all very well uh, keeping track of inventory totals, but in order to make sure you're picking the right product from the oldest expired product, that's where technology comes in. And that's where the barcoding comes in. So, you know, well done on getting that getting that up and running. It's it's cool. quite challenging sometimes. I'm doing some yes. work at the moment in a um, in a food organization. And one of the, the biggest challenges that we have is the people moving the the concept of um, doing these things with a scanner versus in the old days taking their piece of paper and just taking it off and getting those people to do it often not english speaking uh stuff and yes. that's always a challenge you know as, as great as the systems are getting the people to to move out uh, do you do you um uh, how many people are working in the warehouse i think we have five or six at the current moment and yes some have um non-english background so sometimes numbers colors uh, shapes yeah. might be a better way to go about, you know, managing things. And we're trying all different combinations to see what works best for everyone. Fantastic, fantastic. And uh, you mentioned something around pricing on um, uh, on product. Uh, how sensitive is the operational side of the business to pricing? Because you know, you would again not really think about it from a um, a nonprofit organization. Right. Dealing with any kind of government agency, they want to account for every penny. And if you get sourced by one vendor versus the other, it might be a five cent difference per unit. And that could really affect things when you have thousands of units. So again, you have to be careful with the lots that you're sending. You have to account for everything, you know, physically and on paper. And so uh, if you want to send the wrong item at the wrong time, you could be in some trouble with a federal agency, which no one wants that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, uh, uh, one, of, one of our customers down in New Jersey um, uh, do the um, food uh, feed uh, school feeding schemes for the New York schooling, and that's exactly the challenge that they've got is balancing up those lot numbers. You know, it's yes. uh, usually challenging, and there are fines that the agencies get uh, charged because of not getting it right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, you know, again, I encourage our um, our viewers to go and reach out and take a look at what Feedmore are doing. You know, they they're really doing incredible stuff out there. And um, uh, this 
video is really there to, to give them an indication of some of the complexities around these types of warehouses. Yes. Um, is there anything else that you want to share? I'm really sure other than, you know, this area economically has not been very strong for the last 30 or 40 years, the Buffalo region here. And um, I'm always uh, trying to let everyone in the world know how great an area we live in. Uh, if you ever follow the Buffalo Bills football team, they have a, a following called the Mafia. They do all kinds of charity just out of nowhere. They'll come up with an idea and start donating money somewhere. And this area has always been very generous with anything they have. And being in an underprivileged area and seeing the generosity of the people here is just inspiring to me, you know, living here most of my life. And right. uh, I can't say enough about this region. And you know, I wish more people knew about it because Buffalo is a very great city. I mean, obviously we've fallen in hard times for the last 40 or 50 years with the steel mills and everything that left here in the industry, right. but people are still, you know, extremely generous and, you know, Feedmore Western New York is a great example of that. As we provide food for the underprivileged here, it's really uh, humbling when you go out and you, you participate in these things and uh, really, yeah. really a blessing. So, yeah. so if, yeah, if anyone gets the chance to head up to Buffalo, isn't there a, a motorcycle rally that's, that heads out to Buffalo every year? I seem something in the back of my mind. Um, it may not be the motorcycle rally, but we do have our chickling festival because the chickling right. came from Buffalo. We've got a lot of uh, foods that are based on your nationality here, like the roast beef on Kemowick rolls. That's a huge yeah. seller. Um, and Buffalo is known as a, a food, a foodie's paradise, I guess is the way to put it. There's a lot of different foods here yeah. and a lot of different people have settled in our area. And again, just proud to be from an area that's so generous with their time and their donations. And again, a lot of corporate sponsorship and uh, just, okay. it's really nice. Yeah, I, I must definitely make, a, uh, make some time to do a trip up there. If I get out there, I'd love to come and take a look at your warehouse as well. Absolutely. I think they'd be happy to have you here, Craig, and we'll show you around and see what we do. Christopher, thanks very much. Um, where can our audience find out more about the company? Probably online on, on the web, yeah? Yeah, I think they have a presence online with the feedmorewestnewyork.org uh, is the website. And there are a bunch of YouTube videos with different things that they've had politicians come in and you know talk about the grants that they've distributed uh -huh. and just basically our, our policies in general. And uh there was a lot of things that happened last year. We had a big blizzard that occurred on Christmas week. There was a shooting here at one of the supermarkets. And after that, they got extremely busy. And um, again, just uh, a nice thing to have in an area where, you know, there isn't a huge amount of economic opportunity to be able to yeah. help provide for families that may not be able to provide for themselves. So, okay. Well, I encourage, then encourage everyone watching this to get yourself out to Buffalo, go and take a look, go and try Absolutely. some unique food and experience that, you know, the warmth of the people out there. Thanks everyone for tuning in and Christopher, thanks very much for coming on the show. I really appreciate your time. Always a pleasure, Craig. And thank you. And well, I'm sure we'll be talking again sometime in the future. Brilliant. Thanks again for the opportunity. Excellent. Thanks very much. Thank you.